people kind of bashing on like minorities and um, I just remember like feeling a lot of shame of like yeah that's like me and that's where I come from and so um and I remember that I was like wow like I don't want anyone to know like that I speak Spanish or any of that yeah. um and so just like feeling really like just wanting to hide we all come alive this is the good life so give the Hi, Living Waters family. We are so glad you're joining us here today for another episode of Tea Time. So today I've got some amazing individuals. I bet you can figure out what we might be talking about just by looking at us. But we are gonna engage the conversation of race and what specifically we're honing in on what did it mean and what does it look like for each of them to um, find their own voice as a minority and a pride um, predominantly white world and so um, we'll share a little bit of our story I know that um, if you're watching this it might bring up some emotions or some triggers for you and um, so first I just want to honor you for listening um, this conversation that we're gonna have today is mostly we're just gonna share our own experience and story so we don't want there's no checklist of like I know this year has been hard for everyone and um, sometimes it feels like you need to know everything or be on top of everything and there's no checklist of the things that you need to learn or the things that we're going to tell you today that you're going to like latch on to. We simply want you to like lean in and listen to a story of a perspective you might not have heard or experienced before. And so I know Jessica, as we start this conversation, was just going to kind of share a little bit of um, what it stress-based Race-based race, race stress. Race-based stress. Um, just as we lead into it to hopefully help you engage this conversation better. But Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Christina. And it's and um, so again, I just want to second the honoring you mm -hmm. that like if you started listening and you heard this was going to be a conversation that could address race and you're still here, I just want to honor you because um, there's something called race-based stress. And so race-based stress, um, a lot of people of color uh, face race-based stress every day and so that means that you're constantly aware of your color of your mm -hmm. race and how it could affect it uh, affect your world and your interactions with other people so you think about the way your tone of voice what you're wearing when you go someplace um, you know when you're interacting at work and if a boss says something to you you know and so it's something that's very constant if you're a majority race, a lot of times you don't have to think about your race all the time. And so when you're confronted with it, it's uncomfortable. Um, and it can, uh, and it, this is where this race-based stress comes in. And so sometimes we respond to that in different ways, like, okay, why do I feel bad? But I'm not racist, I'm not, it's not, I'm not biased, you know, and so we get defensive or we feel guilty or um, sometimes we get angry. And so just know at any point of time that these are people sharing their story and they just want to share it with you and this is no way attack on you so even if you feel like your identity might be attacked or um, you know or that you're feeling stressed out just know that it's probably race-based stress and just take a few deep breaths and then give yourself a pat on the back for being yeah. willing to really be here with us and listen yeah. to us yeah Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. So as we just get started, um, do you want to go around and introduce yourself yeah. really quickly? Um, my name is Christian and I'm from the Philippines and um, lived here for, I was born in the Philippines and moved here when I was 10 and lived here ever since. So. I'm Dahlia. Um, I 
was born in Klamath Falls and I moved over to Medford um, right after I graduated high school, which was in 2014, so yeah. Awesome. Hi guys, I'm Jess. I was um, born and raised in the Valley, so my mom actually went to Phoenix High School. Wow. And then, yeah, I know I've been, been here been here a little while. I uh, went to Grace, North Medford, Ashland, mm -hmm. went, lived in Las Vegas and D.C., and now I'm back home. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's great to be back. And then I'm hosting today, mm -hmm. so my name's Christina, um, and I probably won't share much of my story, but I might give some commentary, so some mm -hmm. context of who I am. Um, I'm half Vietnamese. My mom was a refugee who made her way to the States in the 80s, and I grew up in the South. I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and so that's kind of like where my worldview is formed, mm -hmm. and um, my dad my dad is white. So, um, But getting things going, I'm just wondering maybe what are some times that you um, experience something uniquely like maybe that your white counterparts or friends didn't experience that was something that was unique to you because of the color of your skin or your ethnicity yeah i guess we're I'm, all looking at yeah, you pressure i think it's interesting um thinking about it and it's growing up it seemed normal but as a Filipino growing up in the Philippines and growing up here basically half and half, there's this thing where um, coming here, I noticed that all of, all of us Filipinos in the Philippines like want to be whiter. Mm -hmm. Like literally in the Philippines, they would have like, you know, here we have tanning boots. In the mm -hmm. Philippines, there's Skin like whitening, whitening mm -hmm. parlors, they have whitening products oh. and things like that. So there's like this reality that a lot of Filipinos, and I think even just in the Asian culture in general, like, like idolizes um, the Western. Mm -hmm. And so they want to wow. look like the Western. Mm -hmm. They want to look like they want to act like. And so then coming here, that's one of the things that I was like, almost like, confronted it's like mm. oh I, I I have never thought about it before but then coming here it's like became a reality I, I can see mm. why this is a thing that's happening it's because um, you know they're more developed they're more mm. there's some innovation and so we, we want to copy mm. and that's something that I had to wrestle with as a Filipino and owning who I am and owning um, you know what God has given me mm. and there's more there's more to that but that's definitely something that I had to confront while I was here as a, a minority yeah so yeah yeah no I can totally relate to that a lot um, so my mom is long blonde hair sparkling blue eyes yeah and um, and there was me and so she went away to college came back pregnant with me and um, so it was like very apparent from a very young age that I was different, not just from like people around me, but like mm -hmm. from my own family. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like people just can't, mm -hmm. you know, people just can't, can't help but to express like, like, wow, you are here, you know, like how, like, mm -hmm. and so it, just that feeling of like not belonging. Mm -hmm. um, my, you know, even people would always, a lot of kids would tell me all the time, like, well, you know, you're adopted. Right, mm -hmm. like your mom, like, and, and I would ask my mom all the time, and mm -hmm. she's like, you saw the hospital pictures, like, I don't know, mm -hmm. like, yeah. no, mm -hmm. like, you came, yeah. you came from me, and my mom, um, just gorgeous, and, and so I think when I was younger, I did struggle with, like, this perception of 
beauty, but also in inferiority, mm -hmm. you know, because you get this sense that, because um, I definitely got this sense and I internalized it a lot and it wasn't until I was older that I started mm -hmm. to pick up on where, <clears throat> for me personally, that there, I saw the way people looked at my mom and I knew it wasn't just because she had a baby mm -hmm. out of wedlock, it was because she had a black baby out of wedlock and there was mm -hmm. something that was kind of bad about yeah. black and mm -hmm. I couldn't quite figure out mm -hmm. <clears throat> what that was but I just got the sense that it's like no black means more criminal more troublemaker mm -hmm. not as smart not as beautiful you yeah. know and and so you know I used to want my hair mm -hmm. to be long and flowy I'd want my eyes mm -hmm. to sparkle like that um, and I think I carried a lot of that feeling of inferiority and I, and I felt like I had to prove mm -hmm. that I was <clears throat> I had to be the best at everything then so I just mm -hmm. like I, I didn't feel like I could make mistakes mm -hmm. because then it would be associated yeah. like so that it was who I was and I was like no like I'm not that and so I, I so my response to that was to fight against it mm -hmm. a lot and it wasn't until um, I got older that I started to see like mm -hmm. that it was actually when I came into my own a little bit more appearance I was like well now people can't really compare me maybe it's not such a bad thing mm -hmm. and then when I started to look at go out into the world because I work internationally and, and I left and I went to cities and I started seeing things in history that I had not learned about. Mm -hmm. It's like why certain things are developed and certain things are not from colonization to what happened here in the US to redlining to like all these things. Wow. It really, the history that I didn't have as a child, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this is why it's so much hard. Like this is why the average black family makes 10% of the average white family. Like these, there's, it's not just because we, we grow up learning that like here in the US, if you work hard enough, you will succeed. Mm. And, and if you don't, you're lazy or there's something wrong with you. Mm. Um, and so learning that bit of learning more about my family's history and heritage and then the history of like things that have gone on, but from other points of views and other people of color telling their history and what actually happened, I think helped shape that yeah. a lot. Yeah, like there's other things at play besides our own choices that affect our lives. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, sometimes positively and sometimes negatively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I had to confront was, so um, <clears throat> my mom is full Mexican and um, she came to the U.S. I believe when she was 21 um, and she came with my brother who was one at the time. Um, and so pretty much like started from the ground up and like worked, you know, like very difficult jobs and like out in the fields and all of that. And so um, my mom raised us like um, in the way that her parents raised her, which is like, you know, just like super rich in their uh, Hispanic culture. And so when I... Um, like got into elementary school and stuff like being around other people and kind of hearing like oh like the way that they did things and and um just different lifestyles like i feel like i just began to feel a lot of shame of like mm -hmm. wow like that's not the way that like that's not what we eat and like we don't do things that way and um just some even moments of like people kind of bashing on like minorities and um, I just remember like 
feeling a lot of shame of like, yeah. that's like me and that's where I come from. And so, um, and I remember that I was like, wow, like I don't want anyone to know like that I speak Spanish or any of that. Yeah. Um, and so just like feeling really like just wanting to hide. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I would say like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we can all, in some ways, definitely. Yeah, look I back know. on moments in our life and be like, "Yep, mm-hmm. yeah." Mm-hmm. I'm like and trying so, not to cry. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like my little self. I'm like, "Oh, yeah. yep, been there." Yeah. So then, what does that look like for each of you guys? That like journey of finding your voice and finding and like taking mm-hmm. ownership of who you are and how God's uniquely made you mm-hmm. as Hispanic or as. Mm-hmm black or you know like what how has what's the journey of like feeling empowered to be fully who you are what's that look like for you guys and i I, I also know we're probably all still on that journey in some way um uh just like in a nutshell um in 2016 i was able to go to mexico for the first time and um meet my grandpa my grandma passed away like seven years ago and so um, the only way that I met her was over the phone. Like, wow. I wow. just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but, uh, I was so humbled, um, going to Mexico and like seeing where my mom lived and the way that they were raised and just like everything that they went through. Um, and that was such a beautiful time for me because I feel like Jesus was like, actually like this is where, you know, like you come from and there's no shame in that, like so good. embrace it. And so, so good. it was just so healing <clears throat> to have the opportunity to like experience all of that and come back and just feel so empowered with like, wow, like, yes, I, I come from here and, um, that's beautiful and that's okay. And like, there's no shame in that. Yeah. And so ever since then, like, it's just been this journey of like, Okay, like this is who I am, and I'm gonna embrace it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So awesome. Yeah. That's, that's that's amazing. Yeah. My family history, I think, has played a big role in some of that pride mm. coming up as well. But I think also just you know, being out and like seeing. Um, so the way, so one thing I think has really, like, I want to say, like saved me. But like I feel like the. I've always felt that like Jesus was like love one another like you have mm. to love one another and like that is like I feel like he's like you know what like they can't handle very many rules yeah. without going crazy so like let me like just like just make love. it let's just make it really simple but I don't think that you can love someone without truly seeing them mm. and wow. so my journey like I went to school for journalism and I ended up t- telling a lot of stories and getting into peace building and my job was always to tell stories of people mm-hmm. and and what I started to realize as I was telling all these stories that like I was always told stories from a perspective from one perspective from mm-hmm. one lens and it was usually a lens that wasn't that actual perspective right like there's always different groups yeah. telling us about these other wow. groups mm-hmm. right it's never like yeah. which doesn't make sense it's like no you should go to the group and like lo- talk to a lot of mm-hmm. hear a lot of stories of that actual group not hear what others say about that group you know and so I had this amazing opportunity um, where I'm hearing all these stories and I'm traveling all around the world Mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm like wow like how this looks different I'm like and so I was able to start to see like oh like this is God moving Mm -hmm. this is culture 
and I could start to see like, hey, like other people that love God in different cultures, like it looks different and like yeah. their yeah. cultural yeah. rules wow. are different and like what they, it's and how it manifests is different. And so I feel like there's just been this long journey really of Jesus like peeling off wow. this very um, American, because I thought I knew everything when I left Medford, Oregon. I'm like, oh, I know why these people are this yeah. way. Like I thought I knew everything and just like peeling off this lens and peeling off this armor that I really had that was like, no, I need to fight against things that are different mm. because it needs to look this way. Yeah. And then once I was like stripped of all that, it, I was able to be more humble myself mm. and to feel more true empathy myself. Actually wow. just like, let me just try to listen and understand. Um, so I think that has been a long journey for me. And then finally was really hearing my family's history. Mm. So mm -hmm. I recently shared a post about this, but my um, great, great, grandfather, grandfather Jack. So my grandfather's grandfather was a um, runaway slave mm. and he and his, his oldest of six ran away in like 1868. Mm. And he, um, long story short, he became the first um, landowner of like a former slave landowner wow. of Texas. And he mm. did it like, and what he did was just incredible. And he actually ended up paying for his property twice because he, because mm. the, bank lost his notes and then um, the men of town found that he was about to own the land and they came and cut the tree that he was marking that designated every pay that he had and oh, they wow. cut down his tree so he had to pay for it twice and all wow. this stuff but really rich story there my grandmother has another really rich story of growing up in the red line district of Portland because Oregon was an all-white state yeah. yep um, wow. and they and so her stories are incredible and so you just have this pride of like and like things I used to be ashamed of yeah. you know and and you're like wow like like how much yeah. strength like you have yeah. to like overcome these things and like right. and it just gives you a sense of pride and then you're just like well that's in my hair that's in my skin color that's yeah. in it's represented in all yeah. these things and you start to kind of yeah. settle into yourself and you also carry that strength and triumph and victory like yeah or that determination yeah. to not be defeated. Mm -hmm. like, that's and so many line. don't have that story though. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like how yeah. it's very rare mm -hmm. for, um, for um, especially I feel like black Americans to like actually be able to trace back mm -hmm. what happened. And so food, and like mm -hmm. I've had the honor of going to Africa and seeing some of these places where slaves were shipped out and all of these wow. things. Wow. But you, you, most of us don't have that experience yeah. and we can't see like, just like the, how to survive from the ship in the way that they right. were, you know, take it and brought and surviving the ship and then like and then surviving what happened here and then learning how to re and there's um this really cool netflix show called it's like what's it like i want to say like hot something about the hog so just put it in hog and netflix and it'll, <laughs> and it'll come it. up but it but it basically looks at um, african-american history through food Whoa. and it's really Ooh. amazing you know and like how how because it shows how people survived and what they ate and things that they are actually brought over from Africa that were mm. here and so a lot of us feel like oh like so much of our culture was lost but it wasn't like our we're able to bring it over even though we couldn't record it it's like still Whoa. within our food and it's really cool that's mm. awesome that's yeah. amazing that's really cool. I just watched a uh, a documentary about Filipino food in Netflix too and so that mm. kind of like reminded me of that and how there's so many memories and just yeah. the Fili the culture yeah. and yeah um, and in just the food, you know, that we eat. There's a lot of memories there. Yeah. And so history. And so it's awesome. And like I can totally relate about the whole shame thing because mm. especially when you said like, you know, 
you know, black people are this or this, and like Filipinos, like known for like corruption, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, and, and things like that. But what I think what transformed and what like kind of happened in me to own my heritage was like I had this, I went to ministry school a couple years ago, and the Lord began to really confront mm -hmm. this thing about ethnic shame mm -hmm. that I was actually wow. experiencing. And it, it was weird because after the Lord like brought that up, a couple of weeks later, I met this woman who was a missionary in the Philippines. And she was like a guest speaker at this home group. And she sat, after she, had, she spoke, she sat next to me. And then she started talking to me in Tagalog. And she's, a, she's not Filipino, and she's, not, she's white. And she's Filipino yeah. and she's white. And, and she's so a, you, this she's white lady you don't yeah. know sits next, sits next to you. <laughs> right. And you're and like, she, well, I, I, know, I knew of her because okay. she's like this um, um, big missionary um, in Mozambique now. But I didn't know that at the time that she was also a missionary in the Philippines. And then she just sat next to me and starts talking to me in Tagalog, my native language. <laughs> and I was like, how do you know Tagalog? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and then later on, she's like, walked me to my car. So I walked her to her car and then she started like prophesying over me. And she's like, you're going to give Filipino their names back. Whoa. You're going to give their purpose back mm -hmm. and things like that. And, and then she says that I've never, uh, I haven't learned what love is, or I've learned more about love um, in, in, uh, by unsaved Filipinos than, uh, than Christians in America. And so that kind of took me aback because mm. from mm. my own history or my own perspective of what Filipinos are, it was like opposite mm. because the stories that I was believing. And so mm. here you have a, um, you know, an American telling like that she's actually learned more about love, yeah. you know, in, um, from Filipinos than Christians in that yeah. if, um, she said that if people would ask her, like, if you were president, what, what would you do differently? She's like, I'd bring more Filipinos in. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's what she would say. That's what she would say. Wow. Um, but um, That'll break shame off. Yeah, right? And so it was like, oh my gosh, like a couple of weeks prior, like the Lord was really like inviting wow. me to embrace my own ethnicity and my own culture and my own heritage. And like, you know, the Lord like gave me, uh, her name is um, Tracy Evans to say like, you're going to give, you know, Filipino their purpose back and you're going to tell them who they are and things like that. Mm -hmm. So like that just broke a wow. whole lot off of me to like, wow, I don't have to hide who I am mm -hmm. yeah. and, and things like that. So that like really thrusted me into a journey about like, about shame, like dealing with shame, dealing with this internal stuff that I was actually the one that's hiding myself. Because yeah. in, even in my experiences, like, People would usually, um, I wouldn't experience um, them rejecting me because I was like, um, you know, of my skin color. I, I had pretty good friends, but it was, I was, the more I looked at it and the Lord was revealing to me, it's like, Christian, when you actually deal with your own ethnic shame, you actually shine um, by byproduct. That's, mm -hmm. that's you actually showing up as a byproduct. But so then the Lord just unraveling that shame and owning who I am and all of a sudden like, oh, like I do have a voice. I do have something yeah. to say wow. and I needed to listen to me first <laughs> or mm -hmm. I needed to actually honor what I have to say yeah. before I can actually expect others to honor what I have to say. Yes, 100%. And so I was like, whoa, there's, there's that, you know? Yeah. So there's, yeah. Wow. So good, Christian. Yeah. But, yeah, that's so profound. Dang! I know. <laughs> that was like even related to like what you said of like, I can't, 
<clears throat> you can't love someone unless you like love yes. who they are. Yeah. So like yeah. we can't unless we're being seen for who we are. Right. We'll never actually fully be loved. Yeah. Right. Because if you like, don't even see yourself, yeah. then how do you expect others yeah. to actually fool yourself? Yeah. yeah. So that was like huge that yeah. the Lord had to like break break off of me. It was like mm -hmm. Christian, mm -hmm. <laughs> love fully who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then all the other voices can actually be silenced. Mm. Yeah. And so that was like an internal struggle mm -hmm. because like I didn't know how to love myself. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was like really showing that to me how yeah. to do that. Wow. Really, yeah. really well. And I think that's a story or something that everyone can relate to yeah. Yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. learning how to be loved by the Lord and learning how to like love yourself. Yeah. So I think everyone struggles with that mm -hmm. in some, right. some capacity. And so like every person watching here can relate to that mm -hmm. um, and for us a lot of that stems from like that we are look different yeah but right. it's something mm -hmm. that all of humanity has had to like yeah. wrestle through and so I think that's so beautiful that the Lord like yeah. addressed that in you yeah. um, well as we wrap up um, I've got like one final question for you guys if you're up for it <laughs> but just knowing what you know now um, what's something it's kind of like a blended question. What's something that you would tell your younger self or um, or maybe you could address the audience, like what's something that you would love um, your white friends and community to understand or know in order to engage this conversation that's really happening um, and has happened for the past year on race? What would it look like? What's a piece of advice or just a piece of understanding that you'd want people to walk away with? Anyway. <laughs> I'm like, we're the I know, we are I'm, like... I'm kind of, well, I guess I would say like, you know, if I were tell, to tell some my old self is basically what I would, what I just mm -hmm. kind of shared is like, begin honoring your personhood and mm -hmm. celebrating your personhood yeah. and your uniqueness. Because then once you actually start cele celebrating who you are from the very beginning, mm -hmm everything you create is actually comes from wholeness mm -hmm. and you untether yourself from all these negative perception of who you are mm -hmm. and then you begin to actually like just shine and watch people actually celebrate begin celebrating who you are and that's a, what i've actually like seen you know mm -hmm. because like once i actually stopped hiding yeah. and began celebrating myself like i actually invited people to celebrate with me mm. it's like yeah. it's the weirdest thing like yeah. it's the weirdest thing where you what you actually how you cultivate your own relational pers or relational your own relationship with yourself actually yeah. affects the way other people mm -hmm. see you as yeah. well it's the weirdest yeah. thing yeah so that's what i would tell my younger self and what I would tell for I think that's that's not even just about a conversation about um, color or race or anything yeah. anymore it's, that's like just in the whole spectrum of being yeah. human it's like yes. love your personhood and your uniqueness and yes. uh, people mm. will, will watch wow. you yeah I and, think to yeah. kind of piggyback off of that um, I feel like I would probably like tell my younger self to not hide yeah and just like embrace who I am as right. a kid yeah. and like yeah. just don't hide like don't don't feel like that's something you have to do and I you know like you mentioned like that's not just like a that's so everyone right. can take that like yeah yeah, yeah so those are that's so beautiful I think I would tell my younger self um that my I feel like I'd be kind of hard on my younger self um <laughs> I think I think I would tell my younger self that like to be aware of the lens that I was looking through things yeah, and like what 
what is man-made yeah. and that the kingdom of God is so much actually bigger than that. Like yes. there's no boundaries in the right. kingdom of God. There's no, like, there's not like a designated, like, you know, necessarily like right, you know, group or culture or like yes. that, like it's so much bigger mm. and broader and like into, and that when I was sitting there reading the Bible, like instead of looking at it, using all of my, this small lens I had mm. been given, I've been fed to like really try to like, break away from that and like truly understand like who like Jesus was someone who was persecuted you know right. like he was someone who like people did not get mm -hmm. and like a lot of times um he's presented as like a conqueror and like yes he like conquered sin and death but like the he was so humble and he was misunderstood and he you know and um and to have that kind of connection mm -hmm. with yeah. You know, I think that like could even because that's like helps make that connection to Jesus even richer because mm -hmm. you're like, man, yeah. he understands, you know, what it's like. And then um, for, you know, my my white friends, it's been such an interesting year. So this has been so normally I, I feel like I have a lot of privilege because like the way I talk and I sound and I dress um, that like I, you know, I I experience a lot of privilege and this has been one of the first years like I said this year a lot of people have been facing race-based stress and this has been one of the first times I've actually noticed that I'm triggering people just by being who I am just mm -hmm. by being black is like triggering them and it's like making them uncomfortable it's making um, like defenses like I've never had so many people tell me who they voted for and I'm like I don't <laughs> like, yeah. like you are okay <laughs> like you are okay you know and so um and just so much tension um you know my husband has gotten a lot of more much more overt things where people are yelling at him outside of trucks like mm. when he's walking across the street pulling up and trying to intimidate him um someone when my this was a few years ago my um my husband was walking through Home Depot with my three-year-old daughter and he came around the corner and um, uh, the guy I was holding open carry got startled seeing my husband mm -hmm. and reached for his gun like while Jarek was holding the hands of my daughter wow. and he just stopped and was like hey are we okay here and he's like oh yeah we're 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 fine and so one of these things that's so hard is that um, fear blinds us to the pain of others yeah. um, and so does feeling attacked and so when you when you are feeling fear you cannot sometimes it's hard to see people as mm -hmm. as people equal to you it's hard to see them as um you know as see see that the pain that they're going through that the pain that they're experiencing and so and that's one of the diff the difficult things with Black skin is often associated with criminality. Mm -hmm. It's associated, and it's not just black skin, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so, just to be the only way to really fight fear, because fear is what fear is the thing that could put my family at risk, right? Um, like, should I? Someone's breaking into my house. Should I call the police, or could they think that Jarek was the threat? My husband was a threat. You know, mm -hmm. like these are things that go through uh, my mind. And the only way to defeat fear is love. Mm. And I can't think of the Bible verse right now, but there's so many places in the Bible where it says like, love conquers fear. Yeah. And again, like love is seeing people. Mm. And I learned in peace building, because peace building is my work, is reconciliation can only happen 
um, with the acknowledgement of pain and wrongdoing. And so mm-hmm. we have to be able to see each other. In order to love each other, we have to be able to see each other. We have to be able to acknowledge mm-hmm. each other and um, and just be aware it doesn't mean that we are, if we're experiencing like a physical reaction like fear or something, it doesn't mean that we're a bad person. Mm-hmm. It, but it might mean that we might have some bias mm-hmm. that we all have. Yeah. yeah. yeah to work on and so really just like encouraging you know I guess just encouraging love just Mm -hmm. to continue to have your hearts open your ears open really trying to you know Mm -hmm. uh, like I said like you were doing it right now by being here and listening to us is so uh, just so huge these stories are so incredibly beautiful and so that's that's what I would I would say is just for us to really focus on like how can we love each other how can all of us love each other better and and break and break down that and break down that fear yeah. yeah, awesome. That's Thanks, amazing. guys. That's so good. Um, thank you guys so much for sharing. And thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Um, if you see us around and you have feedback mm-hmm. or questions or comments even about this mm-hmm. conversation, please don't hesitate to like mm-hmm. ask or reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just excited that we get to have this conversation mm-hmm. and hope that it sparks other great life-bringing mm-hmm. conversations in your own life. And so... Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Christina, yeah. for inviting Thanks, us. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Love you guys. Love you.